Good evening. I'm going to do the very best I can to flip this without being able to see. So I'm looking at Timothy. Where'd he go? He back there. I'm looking right there. He's going to be sitting right there. So if I get off, he's going to give me a signal. I'm going to move down there. Um, but I think I can, I can do it for you guys. Okay. Um, just a little quick uh, prayer request before we get good and started. Uh, before services, uh, we found out that a member of the Juno Church of Christ congregation where Jason used to serve as the preacher and I used to serve as the youth minister uh, passed away. His name was John Wood, um, and he meant a lot to us and, and at our, as we ministered with them at Juno. Um, so keep them and that family in your prayers. Again, we found that out right before, not too long before services started. Um, that's a John Wood's family. Go ahead and turn your Bibles to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. You know, we spend a lot of our time as humans thinking about our physical well-being. We think a lot about our bodies and the healthiness of our bodies. Okay? Uh, when we're sick, we go to the doctor. Okay? You know, when maybe we've gotten out of shape, we start running. <laughs> Some of us. Okay? We take care of our physical bodies well because we like life. Okay? We want to live. So we take care of our physical well-being often. You know, the basketball team that I took coach in uh, Kentucky and Franklin, we're going through a time period now where we're just running a lot. I'm running them every single day, and I'm making them do stuff that they hate me for. But it's for their physical well-being so that we will be able to compete with the other teams that we play. And I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how in the world can I get these girls in the best physical condition that I possibly can. But as I think about our spiritual lives, do we dedicate that same amount of time that we do to our physical well-beings to our spiritual strength? to our spiritual well-beings. So tonight I want to take just a few minutes to discuss our spiritual strength and how we can develop our spiritual strength. So read with me in James chapter 4. I'm going to start with verse 1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desire for pleasure, that war in your members? You lust and do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you not think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You know, in our lives today, we can tell when we need to amp up our spiritual strength. As these verses say, when we start to become self-centered, and think nothing about ourselves, and we do things for our pleasure, we need to amp up our spiritual strength and worldliness. When worldliness starts to surround everything that we do, 
Our spiritual strength needs to be developed. So tonight, I want to look at four ways that we can develop our spiritual strength. And if you'll look at these four things and apply them to your life, you'll be spiritually stronger and able to go out into the world and combat worldliness and combat self-centeredness. First, we have to submit to God. We have to submit to God. We have to voluntarily place ourselves under God's control. Look at verse 7. It says, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We have to give our lives to God wholeheartedly. Not halfway. We can't be halfway in the world and halfway with God. In order for us to be as spiritually strong as we possibly can be, we have to be on God's side. And we have to have our whole life aligned with what He has planned for us. How can we do that? By following His plan of salvation. That's the first step. We have to be Christians. It is laid out pretty simply in the Bible how that process works. Hear the word, repent, confess. Oh, excuse me, hear, believe. Sorry. Repent, confess, and be baptized. We have to make sure that those things take place. That's how we can submit ourselves to God. Am I good, Timothy? Is that on there? All right, good. We have to make sure that we follow those steps and that those things become priority in our life because that's how we start our spiritual journey. We have to obey His law faithfully. Okay, turn to Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. It says, Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to, th to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. It's pretty simple. We have to be faithful unto death. We have to obey the laws that God has set before us. And if we do that, then we are showing that we are submitting our lives to God. And we've got to understand what God and Christ did for us. You know, Timothy led a song this morning how deep the Father's love for us. And that's one of my favorite songs because if you really, really, really think about those words and you really, really listen to what they're saying, that's exactly what God and Christ did for us. God sent His Son to die on the cross for our sins so that we can have a chance to be with Him one day in heaven. And we can show God that we have completely submitted to Him by understanding that concept. If we understand that concept, and we understand that God gave His Son for us, then we're going to submit our lives to God because we should want to. You know, I can't say that I would give my life for anybody here. I'd hope I would, but I don't know that until that situation comes up and I'm actually having to do it. But God didn't hesitate. God knew that that was the only way that we were going to be able to be saved. 
Because we are surrounded by self-centeredness. We are surrounded by worldly concepts daily. And I hope that you understand that God gave His everything for you. And that if we are going to be as spiritually strong as we possibly can, we have to give our everything back to Him by submitting to Him, by obeying His laws, and by following that plan of salvation. Next, we must resist the devil. Okay, look at verse 7 in James chapter 4. Again, it says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Um, That word resist is a military term that means to strongly oppose an opponent. Okay, we're strongly at the best of our ability opposing that opponent. Uh, when I think of strong opposition, I think of um, a long time, well, I won't say a long time ago, a long time ago for me, uh, the Lakers and the Celtics. They hated each other's guts. They resisted each other. They hated playing each other. Neither one of them liked each other. They resisted each other about as harshly as they could. And that's the same term that's used here. We must resist the devil, which means we have to oppose the things that he stands for. And the devil stands for what? Worldliness, self-centeredness, sin. We as Christians, in order to be as spiritually strong as we can possibly be, we have to resist those things. And we have to strongly oppose the devil at all costs. How can we do that? We can be aware of his methods. We have to understand his methods. Please turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. It says, Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. The church here wasn't ignorant of the things that the devil was trying to do. We have to be aware that the devil is real and that the devil is going to put things in front of us that are going to challenge us and that are going to test our spiritual strength. So we have to understand his methods and how he's going to tempt us, meaning we have to understand what we easily give into. We have to understand that, yeah, we're going to be tempted because we're humans and God didn't make us perfect. But we have to realize that we can get that sin out of our life by opposing what the devil stands for, by opposing his teachings, by opposing the things that he spreads throughout the world. And we can do that by surrounding ourselves with each other. You know, the more we're with each other, the easier it is to resist the devil. You know, it's easy to be a Christian here because that's what everybody's doing. But when we walk outside those doors, it gets a little difficult. So we got to make sure that we understand the devil's coming after us and then we've got to resist him. And we can do that by being with one another, 
by surrounding ourselves with people who think the same way that we do, who have the same resistance for the devil that we do. We can also do this by being aware of his presence. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. 1 Peter chapter 5. Verses 8 and 9. It says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. The devil's coming. And he's coming after us. And we've got to understand and we've got to know that he's here and that he wants us to fail and that he wants us not to do am I off Timothy a little bit am I good to go okay he wants us to understand and and fall into the traps that he sets before us so we as Christians have to understand that he's real and that he doesn't want us to be successful and we can't compromise with him you know, we as humans like to compromise with a lot of different things. We like to make deals for why we do things and why we don't do things. We make excuses for, for various things in our life. The devil is not someone that we can compromise with. Is not someone at all that we can give in to. Because when we let him have an inch, he'll take a mile. So, finally... Successful resistance requires firm footing. You've got to remember what we, what we come from. And we've got to remember that we've got a, someone on our side that's going to take care of us. And that's God. And when we put our trust in Him, and we have our faith locked on Him, and we trust in Him, and we spend time in prayer, and we study His Word, we grow spiritually. <laughs> And our faith grows. And our feet stand firm. And we have a better chance of resisting the devil. Gray areas are not allowed in Christianity. The devil likes us to think that gray areas are okay. Eh, you can believe this and some of this and it's okay. And we talked for, for a little bit in our high school class about gray areas and different things um, that Christians need to make sure that we don't give into. And we can make sure that we stand firm against the devil by relying on God, talking to him daily, and staying in his word. Thirdly, we have to draw near to God in order to develop our spiritual strength. Look at verse 8 and verse 9 of James chapter 4. It says, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. We have to realign our will to God's will. How can we do that? We've got to hate sin. We have to understand that sin is what's going to keep us out of heaven. 
And when we sin, God can't associate Himself with us. So we have to have a strong opposition to sin. Because we can't be near to sin and near to God at the same time. We've got to choose. We've got to choose. We'll either live a life full of worldliness and sin and self-centeredness, or we'll live a life close to God. And we can do that by hating sin and pursuing purity of mind. Only a person free from sin can enjoy the promises of God. We've got to cleanse our hands and purify our hearts. How can we do that? By drawing near to God. By aligning our, our actions, our morals, our values to the things that match up with what the Bible tells us. Our hearts can be pure when we rely on Jesus, rely on God to guide us through life. If we don't spend our time daily, daily, not just on Sunday and Wednesday, daily, drawing near to God, sin's going to overtake our lives. Because again, the devil's really good at what he does. And we've got to make sure that we're ready. And our hearts have to be in the right place. And our minds have to be in the right place. And the right place is where God is. So we've got to draw near to Him. And we've got to realize the enormity of sin. We've got to realize how big sin is and what it can do to our lives. I think oftentimes as human, we don't, humans, we don't realize what sin does to us. You know, sin affects us in a, a thousand different ways. It draws us away from God. It puts strife in our life. And sometimes I think we take sin very lightly. But we've got to realize that sin can destroy us. And I think we often make excuses for why we don't do the right thing. We make excuses for why we're not at church. I don't have to go on Sunday night. I came Sunday morning. I'm good to go. We make excuses for why we don't have to be with each other, we make excuses for the sins that we commit. Why do we do that? Because we don't truly understand how big sin is. We don't understand what it's going to do to us when judgment day comes. Because there's one thing that we know is that God's not going to tolerate sin. And when that day comes, and we have no idea when it's going to be, it's going to be too late. So it's better to realize how big sin is now and what it can do to us than it be too late and us have to spend eternity away from God. Finally, in order to develop our spiritual strength, we have to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. It's a song we sing very often, and sometimes I think we sing it, but we don't really understand what it means. We have to live humble lives. Okay? We have to have a proper view of ourself in order to truly be humble. Okay? We have to understand what humility is. 
We were created to serve God. I think we lose sight of that sometimes. We lose sight of who put us here and why we're here. We surround ourselves with things that are ungodly. We surround ourselves with things that are worldly. And yes, all things in the world are not necessarily bad, but when they take the place of God, it becomes dangerous. So we have to realize that we were created to serve Him. And we are saved not by merit, but by God's grace. Now, God didn't have to send His Son to die on the cross for us, but He did. And He sent Him because He loves us. And we should live humble lives if we keep our minds focused on those two things. God created us. He thought enough of us to put us on this earth. And He saved us by sending His Son to die on the cross for our sins. And sometimes we live lives that don't come even close to thanking Him for that. So I ask you this. When you think about your life, are you living a life that reflects what God did for you? Are you living a life that reflects Christ coming to this earth and dying on the cross for us? Because we spend a lot of times worrying about the physical. But the spiritual is what we really need to be focusing on. How can we be more humble? Or why should we be humble? Because humility can safeguard a Christian from sin. When we live humble lives and we realize those two things, that Christ came and died for our sins and that we were created to serve God, then we're more than likely not going to fall into sin's trap because that's the kind of life that Christ would have asked us to live, a humble one. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. Look at Matthew chapter 23, verse 12. Matthew chapter 23, verse 12. And whoever exalts, exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. You know, Christ asks us to live humble lives. And really, we can't be as spiritually strong as we possibly can be if we don't live lives of humility. So I ask you this tonight. I think reflection is an important part of being a successful Christian. Oftentimes, we don't spend enough time reflecting on ourselves. We look at other people and we... we, we Look at how they're doing. Or, or we don't even take the time to, to, to really consider our lives. So I ask you this. Are you as spiritually strong as you can possibly be? You know, the answer is probably no because we're never perfect. But are you doing the things in your life that are going to help you get to heaven? And they're going to help you be able to resist the devil when he comes calling for you. So I ask you, look at your life and think about what the next step for you is. And when we think about what we've talked about tonight, 
have you submitted to God? Have you, first of all, taken that step to making sure that you're aligning your life to His will? Whether that be putting Christ on in baptism, because that may be the first step for some. Or maybe it's asking for forgiveness, knowing, hey, I'm not living the life that I need to be living, and I need to get my life in line with what God has planned for me. Are you resisting the devil? When sin comes barking, or the devil comes barking, are you openly resisting the things that he puts in front of you? Are you opposing it as strongly as you possibly can? Are you drawing near to God every day? Are you spending time in his word? Are you praying? Are you coming to church services to surround yourself with, with brethren? Because that's what we're asked to do. We're asked to be where God is. And that, that involves making sure that you're keeping sin out of your life and that you're drawing as close to him as possible. And finally, are you living a humble life? Are you living a life as humbly as possible, knowing that you were created to serve God? And when we let anything come between that, then we're not doing His will. We've got to make sure that we live humble lives and realize that God saved us by sending His Son to die on the cross for our sins and that we were created for Him, by Him not for any other purpose. So I ask you this. Or I say this. Sorry. Can't see my PowerPoint. Becoming spiritually strong is no secret. It requires hard work and bearing your cross daily to follow Him. So tonight, if there's anything that we can do to help assist you in becoming as spiritually strong as you possibly can. Don't wait any longer because we don't know when this world is going to come to an end. It could be today. I know we don't often think about, oh, it's going to be today, but it could be. And we've got to make sure that we're allowing our lives to line up with God's will as best we can every single day that we're on this earth. So don't wait. If there's anything that we can do for you tonight, come together now as we stand and sing.